Hello and welcome to Plotris. This is Meg. This is Lane. And today we're reviewing Say Yes to the Markmets by Tessa Dare. This was published in 2014 and is number two in the Castles Ever After series. Let's just jump straight into it and, and read the summary. Because we're going to be nonsense Tessa Dare lovers. Basically, yes. Okay. This book is quintessential Tessa Dare, so you know we loved it and it was sexy as hell. Yeah. All right, here we go. Your presence is requested at Romantic Twill Castle for the wedding of Miss Cleo Whitmore and... And... After eight years of waiting for Piers Brandon, the wandering Marquis of Granville, to set a wedding date, Cleo Whitmore has had enough. She's inherited a castle, scraped together some pride, and made plans to break her engagement. Not if Rafe Brandon can help it. A ruthless prizefighter and notorious rake, Rafe is determined that Cleo will marry his brother, even if he has to plan the dreaded wedding himself. So how does a hardened fighter cure a reluctant bride's cold feet? He starts with flowers. A wedding can't have too many flowers, or harps, or cakes. He lets her know she'll make a beautiful, desirable bride and tries not to picture her as his. He doesn't kiss her. If he kisses her, he definitely doesn't kiss her again. When all else fails, he puts her in a stunning gown and vows not to be nearby when that gown comes off. And no matter what, he doesn't fall in disastrous hopeless love with the one woman he can never call his own. So basically, you know, really, really good book jacket in the tradition of Tessa Dare's great book jackets. It's, I mean, it's really embarrassing what she does to other authors. <laughs> with the jackets? I know. It so really good. is. Like, there is nothing even close to her in terms of skill. No. No. I mean, Julia Quinn's come... Close, I think. Her more no. recent ones. <laughs> no. <laughs> All right. Well, we came up with our own summaries based on a random number, and the number we generated this week was 10. Take it yes. away, Lane. Sure. Seducing your brother's fiance is permissible if she touches herself. <laughs> Here's mine. Looking for a new definition of hand job? Got you covered. So because this book jacket was so good at representing the actual summary, we went with talking about the strength of this book. Um, this book is, like, really hot. Oh, my God. So hot. Everything we're – so podcast listeners know we record in batches and spurts, and you guys yeah. get them at, like, regular intervals. Everything we're reviewing tonight was, like, really hot. Yeah, like yeah. it's been a good couple of weeks. <laughs> it has been. It has been. And I will say too, Tessa Dare breaks her normal correlation of like hot and angsty. Because this book is is angsty, but it's not like doesn't go full angst. And I think it's I mean, like pretty sexy. Trope. He's in love with his brother's fiance. One of my favorite tropes. But that's all the angst. Yeah. Um I mean, she has family issues, another trope. So does he, but, like, those aren't angst that, they're, they're not really that angsty. No, it's definitely not, the, it's, it's bro code angsty. That's what this is. And I don't hate it. No, 
No, absolutely not. Absolutely not. Like, no, don't hate this. Um, love it. Okay, what's another trope? He's an outcast from society. He's loved her forever. And of course, she's engaged to the wrong brother. She puts on the dress and he can't forget it. But, oh, readers, there are several dresses. There are quite a few dresses. Which, uh, if you, again, if you listen to the podcast, you know, is just catnip for us. So good. Uh, he saved all her letters. He stood her up once, but he was actually there the whole time. I know. Don't you love that? Oh, my God. I hate Best it, trope. and I love it. Love that I'm trope. I'm so mad at him, but I'm obsessed with it. Yes. Oh, my God. Uh, he's, the, he's the spare. He's the second son, and he just was never, you know... He was just ignored by his family, by his father specifically. And so therefore he has daddy issues. Yeah. Uh, so he's late to the ball, but just whisks her away. But of course, before he does, he claims the waltz. <laughs> I mean, we both really, really liked this book a lot. Um, uh-huh. A lot. So basically he has always fancied her. In fact, she was his first fantasy which again like if you this is our this book was written for us apparently because this is like one of our favorites ever you know like yeah so she's perfectly his type but in this book it does beg the question is she his type or does he have a type because of her right she's formative uh yeah and of course so like this it makes it just awful that she's gonna marry his brother and of course, they, it's an arranged marriage that it was set up by their family. So let's let's dive into the plot a little more than the Jackie does, just okay, to like okay. set the stage. Set the stage. She got engaged to Piers, who is the heir to the Marquisate. And she herself is not a child of an aristocrat. She's of the ton. Her family is polite society, but she has no rank herself. Yeah. I mean, they all grew up together. I think they were neighbors. Yeah. Of a sort. So, Piers, when they got married, she was inc- married. When they got engaged, she was incredibly young. She was 17. Right. And so he says to her, do you mind if it's a slightly longer engagement? I've been asked by the Crown to go perform diplomatic duties overseas. And at 17, she's like, nah, no big deal. Have fun. Eight years later, mm-hmm. he has been abroad most of the last eight years. He's only been home for quick trips. Mm-hmm. never long enough for them to actually arrange a wedding. Yeah. And so she's just at her wits end feeling like I'm, I'm old enough with enough married friends to know that if a man really loves you, you, he marries you. Like I'm not right. crazy. Like where has he been? And so she makes the decision to break it off. Well, while he was abroad, his father, the Marquis passed and his brother, Rafe, ended up having to act as his effectively power of attorney. I don't know what the term would have been back then. And so when Cleo decides she wants a divorce, she needs to go to Rafe to ask for it as her brother's representative in England because she needs the breaking of the betrothal, not divorce, but breaking of the betrothal papers signed. Right. And so Rafe denies her, but then decides it's his responsibility to convince her to marry his brother, even though he has wanted her forever. 
Yeah. So look, this is the entire setup for the book. And I do like it because it's a, it's, it's a, you know, quintessential Tessa Dare, ridiculous setup that I love. At the same time, why won't he just sign the paper so that they can get married? I guess it's like the whole honor thing. I do think there was some legitimate. Basically, his point isn't that he doesn't want her to marry his brother. Mm. Or that he double negative. He doesn't want her to marry his brother. Right. But he also doesn't want to make that decision for them both. He feels right. like that's really a thing that they need to decide together before he can swoop in and steal his brother's fiance. That, right. Which is fine. If he said, look, I am not saying that I need you to marry Pierce, but I am saying that I'm not going to sign the dissolution paperwork because that's you what he need- does. No, he tries the, the whole book is him trying to convince her to marry Pierce. That's the first half of the book. But yes. then after he stops doing that, he admits to her yeah. that really he can't do this for her. He can't ruin his relationship with his brother and yes. make this decision. She needs to talk to him herself. Yes, that's fine. That part was great. I loved it. I loved that they had an honest conversation. Again, you know, it just loved it took it. too long. It took too it long. Took too long. It, it, the whole thing was like literally, and I get it. It's supposed to be hilarious is that he's planning a wedding. He's like going to the florist. He's getting all the cake. He's like doing all the stuff. I, I understand that it's humorous. Yeah. I, I just don't. And this is a stupid thing to be complaining about. I just don't find it plausible. <laughs> but wait a minute. What am I complaining about? <laughs> I would say, like, what about any of this is plausible? He's Marquis's son, who's a boxing champion. Yes, he's a boxing champion. So, guys, he's, like, hulkingly humongous. Like, like the first scene of the book is her going to see him, and he's, like, doing pull-ups on a beam in a barn or something. To distract himself from his erection. Yeah. So To be clear, so we have another, like, I'm just going to work out until I don't have feelings for you anymore. That's a good solution. I was going to say, this should be in tropes again, right? Like, the I know I've got an erection, but the best way to deal with this is not to, like, talk about it or acknowledge it. It's just to, like, Build a fence. Build a fence or go on a long run or in a a memorable book for me that you haven't read, do some yoga. (laughs) Okay, I have a question for you, Lane. Yeah. Is this weighty, Katie? I don't think so. Okay. For several reasons. One, this was written post-wedding. Yes. By post-wedding, I mean post the wedding of Wills and Kate. Yes, yes, post-Will, William and Kate, yeah. And they were dating the whole time. Yeah. Like, the whole point of Wady Katie was they were actively together and he wouldn't marry her. But they were breaking up on and off. It was very tumultuous. Okay. So I wouldn't be surprised to hear that that situation, like, inspired this. Yeah. But fundamentally, the fact that she ends up with not him. It's not him. Well, that's my thing. It's like it's not very with Katie. the younger, hotter brother. The saying. There'd be some revisionist history, is all I'm saying. Oh yeah, totally. 
the strength of this book is is basically the chemistry between the two of them because it's explosive it really is and i loved so this book did a lot of things right they've known each other forever Mm-hmm. But you don't need flashbacks of their childhood to understand that. He's clearly got issues with his brother that don't involve her. Mm-hmm. Add her into the mix and it just exacerbates everything. Yeah. I also like the way growing up is presented in a way. Yes. I agree. Like, he recognizes, by he I mean Rafe, recognizes that if he'd been given the opportunity to marry her and run away with her when she first got engaged to her brother, it wouldn't have worked. Mm-hmm. There were too many obstacles to overcome. And I like the recognition that she'd been willing to marry Piers over the last eight years, and she just figured out that, shit, maybe that wasn't the op- only option available to her. Mm-hmm. I, I felt this, like... This book is about growing up. You're right. Yeah, and I, I liked that. I agree. And it's not, this is not like a buildings roman, like, you know, the the journey from childhood to adult. That's, that's not what this is. But no. it is, it does acknowledge that we are not the same people from the beginning of our life to the end of it, you know? And that choices we make at any given point aren't necessarily always the right choices for us moving forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I like them both recognizing that growing up was good for both of them. Yeah. Um, I liked that the way he made her feel better about her body. So she was, she's very down on her body because her mother's a, a, a bitch about it. Trigger warning, like mild mother imposed eating disorder. Yes. Uh, but the way he makes her feel better about her body was to make out with her again. This should probably be in tropes because it's in several books. We're like, oh, I guess you just don't think I'm hot. And you're like, oh, really? You don't, uh, you think I don't think you're beautiful. I'm going to put your hand on my erection and you're going to know. Let me prove it to you, right? But I will say that, honestly, I think it would work for a lot of women. If you're not feeling too good about your body and this, like, super hot guy is like, actually, I think you're super hot and I want to make out with you. Like, that would boost my confidence. Fan. Just a smidge. Um, he's super hot. He's super hot. He's super hot. He's also a minor celebrity. Which I kind of like, like. A famous underground boxing champion. Yeah. Yep. So, you know, they go places and they're like, ooh, is that, is that Rafe? Is that Rafe Brandon? <laughs> what was his? He had a name. What was his name? The Devil's Own. The Devil's Own. There you go. I loved it. Which is why her confession to him at the end, minor spoiler, they end up together. She's like, I don't want you to be known as the devil's own. I want you to be known as Cleo's own. And I laughed out loud. Right? But it was like, perfect. Perfect. It was perfect. He's level. Perfect. perfect. Oh my God, so good. Um, it does have a little bit of that Tessadere switcheroo, which is like really hilarious. Everything is really funny up until like the moment where he's got to come up with his hidden pain. Yeah, and this hilarious part is his hidden pain is a nothing burger. Yeah, totally. And I finished this book last night, and reading Meg's notes, I had forgotten this had happened. <laughs> like, that's how <laughs> insignificant it is to the plot. 
I was like, oh, right. He oh, thought right. that. Oh, oh, yeah, that was his, that was his deep-seated subconscious fear. It's not even worth remembering. Oh. Uh, and then, yeah, after, so he's done with prize fighting, and she's going to find him a job. He's well, going to work a job. Her. So, so her whole thing, her plan when she asks him to sign the papers dissolving her engagement with his brother is that she's been given a castle by a distant relative. Castles Ever After is the name of the series. Yeah. And she decides, cool, I have a house. If I get my dowry for myself, I have means. I'm going to start a brewery. Uh, yeah. Fuck it. And not only does she, like, conceptually come up with this plan, she, like, learns a lot mm-hmm. about running a business, about running a brewery, about brewing beer. And so she is trying to figure out ways to market and differentiate herself, especially as a young woman trying to break into this industry. Yeah. And she realizes that he might be her greatest asset. Uh-huh. She's like, you can help me market this beer. You're a famous, famous guy. But she also offers him a lot of the roles that, frankly, she knows she wouldn't be taken seriously doing. Yes. And that's not addressed in the text. It's not like that's explicitly stated. But I think this is where Tessa Dare is so adept. Mm -hmm. She says to him, you don't like being cooped up. Well, go meet farmers. Go help plant the fields. Go Mm -hmm. figure out kind of the, the... more physical and minute aspects of like physically growing the materials. Mm-hmm. And not only is it something that he's really well suited for, but it's also something that like no one would ever respect her. Yes. And it's bullshit. Like I'm not saying that's acceptable, but I'm saying it's rational. Yes. And I, I just, I do like it too, that again, this is just me and my preferences, but I like how she's like the boss. She's, HBIC for sure. You know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So anyway. In the best friggin' way. The best way. Like, I loved it. I will say, without spoilers, Tessa Dare, as Meg and I have discussed, has a tendency to kind of have these out-of-left-field endings that are tonally very different from the rest of the book. Yeah. And I am sometimes frustrated by it. I loved it here. I loved it. I loved it so much. It really was the perfect bow. So good. To everything in the text. Good. Were you offended by anything? No, but I do want to state for the record, objectively, Piers is more my type than Rafe. Well, don't worry, Lane. That was confusing for me. He's the hero of the next one. I figured that out. I'm just like, objectively, I want to be like, you guys are perfect together. Rafe, Cleo, have so many sexy babies, whatever, like have fun. Sexy but, babies. <laughs> whatever. I meant sex and babies, but sexy babies is fine. It's fine. I personally, upon Piers' return, would have been like, never mind. Yeah. <laughs> I pick, I, I pick I, I'm the, switching, switching back. I would like the original one. Actually, please. I'm not dissolving these betrothal papers. Yeah, so fun fact. The... Um, International diplomat spy member of parliament is more my type. <laughs> the, the prize the prize fighting guy who's learned to deal with his anger management issues. There is a scene, and this is a minor spoiler, but given that in the second book you find out all about Piers' backstory, I'm assuming that I'm not really spoiling much. 
for like this book it doesn't matter at all and I assume for the next book it's covered very early Rafe and Piers get into a little bit of an altercation at the end where Piers is like I don't want to fight you I don't want to hurt you I'm a prize fighting champion I beat the shit out of you and Piers is like interesting I know how to kill a man with a letter opener and make it sound like an accident yeah. <laughs> and I was just like excuse me that one She's like, she's like, well, back it up. That one. I spent this whole book being like, yes, Rafe and Cleo are a perfect couple. And then Pierre showed up and I was like, wait a minute, I, I would like more of this, this gentleman, please. Don't worry. The one, the one who's the international spy. Don't worry, like you're, gonna get, you're gonna get a lot more of him soon. I was very into the little bit of him I got. Okay, let's talk about like um, how sexy this book was. Fine, but can Pierce have sex, please? Okay, whatever. I mean, Blaine, he's going to have, like, a ton of sex later in a different book with a different person. So let's talk about the sex in this book. Fine. Because it was really hot. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. so hot, right? I'm sorry. This goes back to my summary. He does this thing with her hand. It made me believe in reflexology. I yelled out loud during that scene. He's so this goes into my summary when I said it's not cheating if she touches herself. Mm-hmm. Which splitting hairs, but I don't give a shit. Mm-mm. He's got her pushed up against a bedpost with her hands over her head. And she's like begging for him, but she's still technically engaged to his brother. And so he mimics on her hand above her head what he wants her to do to herself. And I think I died. It's I like think I died. It, it, it describing it, it just doesn't match. It's guys, it's really, really, really hot. Both Meg and I are pretty much exclusively talking with our hands right now. <laughs> right. It's just like. There's some really magic and some mysticism, and yeah, he blows everyone's mind. Yeah, I mean, my mind was blown. <laughs> There's just a lot in this book that works really well, and the, one of my favorite things about Tessa Dare is that she always throws in one really hot sex scene after the conflict is pretty much resolved. Yes. Where, like, even though there might be some bigger plot details still to be resolved, the conflict between the two of them is wrapped up with a bow. Yeah. And so there's this scene where they end up in an inn and have to pretend to be husband and wife. Oh, my God. (laughs) It's never happened in a romance novel before. And they um, finally fucking do it. And it is... She's so good at what she does. (laughs) That's a dare we bow down before you. Bow down. Like... (laughs) Oh, my God. He's, (laughs) I think he had, like, nine hands. There was one, like, teaser scene, though. Yes. Totally. And it was, it made me mad. Yeah. He and she are, like, all about it. And they're, like, trying to hook up. And she's, like, fuck, I'm still technically engaged to your brother. She's, like, just sign this paperwork. Sign the paperwork that says I'm not so we can, like, can do it. Whatever. No, I'm not going to sign that paperwork. And Lane and I were like, Rafe! And then, fun fact, they don't have sex. They don't. And they haven't had sex yet. And it's horrible. It is like the biggest tease. It's very rare in these books that I get faked out of like thinking I'm getting a sex scene and then I don't. And I 
fully believed I was about to get one. We believed it. We believed in you, Tessa. You're an evil goddamn genius. <laughs> so um, we highly recommend this book. It's funny, sexy, and like super fun. I have nothing to add. Thank you so much. I was going to say, did I leave anything out? Nope. <laughs> did I stutter? No. <laughs> did I stutter? <laughs> uh, so read this book um, and subscribe to our podcast. Thanks so much for listening. Have a good night.